Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. Pete is still out with COVID, or so he says. I still think it's those needles. Today, we're talking about Minute 37, which begins with Vital Signs Normal and ends with the crowd looking expectantly, wondering if Erskine's mad science actually worked. Returning to the show, we have again Chrissy Lenz and Nathan Blackwell from the most excellent 80s movies podcast. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. I am thrilled to have you two here. We're getting uh, we're getting to a point where things are in motion. Almost there. Oh, we're almost there. We're almost, almost there. Hot. Almost, <laughs> almost hot. Almost <laughs> hot. Um okay. First off, we have this minute starting off with random science guy all of a sudden getting a line, uh, which has to be completely uh, uh, overdubbed because it just his his line. This I don't know who this actor is. We have one person credited as SSR doctor played by Richard Freeman. If you look at Richard Freeman on uh, IMDb, it does not look like this guy. There is a person credited as young doctor named Doug Cockle, um, but he's credited with the people who show up in the enlistment center. So I don't think it's him. I don't know who this person is, but it's just some guy who has this line and it just feels so dubbed. Um, how do, <laughs> do either of you like question this? And again, it's one of those things I probably never have noticed before, but because it's like starting off this minute, like I'm just staring at this guy, like, who am I seeing here? Did either of you have any, any thoughts with this guy? I was mainly distracted by his mustache. But uh, <laughs> other than that, no, not really. Someone's got to say the number is 40%, 41%, 42%. <laughs> the shields are at 20%, Captain. Yeah. Gotta be someone's job. He feels like a red shirt, like in the scope of, you know, scientists in a lab. Mm -hmm. He's, he's essentially a red shirt guy, right? That's exactly it. Yep. Also, did either of you notice, uh, the, the eyewear everybody is wearing? They all have like these steampunk goggles that have like insane, like, um, uh, like they're, it's, it's almost like they're suction cupped onto their faces with like these little tube eyes that everybody is using. Except for Howard Stark. And I have to think that this is where Tony gets his joy of fantastic eyewear because he's <laughs> wearing really cool sunglasses that have the little side, uh, the side. What do you call those things on glasses that kind of cover the sides of your eyes? What are those? You always see like old people wearing them when they're playing tennis. Do either of you know what those are called? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, a Stark always puts style above safety if so <laughs> and we have to assume that he that's on the, that's on the, the family eyewear. crest yeah. so he's like this is for y'all to keep your corneas you know intact in this is for me to uh, look good and feel good mm -hmm. and yours costs $25 mine costs $300 <laughs> you'll be fine you'll be fine and then um, Tommy Lee Jones is not wearing them and Stanley Tucci's not wearing them because we, we see in this minute shots of both of them like really, really wincing and squinting away from the light. And it's like, you knew. Really it. regretting their choice. Yeah, yeah you knew <laughs> this was coming. You saw everyone else be assigned their, their eyewear and you declined. 
Well, Tooch, the Tooch isn't wearing his, I mean, he has his glasses, maybe his glasses protect his eyes, uh, who knows. Uh, but nobody in the observation booth wears it, which made me wonder, it's like, did they put special, like, tempered glass in there that has, like, a uh, some sort of um, chemical in them so that they're not getting, I mean, as you said, Tommy Lee Jones still squints, uh, but none of the other people seem bothered. Like, we see, uh, we see Peggy Carter up there, and she's... She seems okay. We see Fred Clemson. We see all these extras up there, but no one seems that bothered by it. It's weird that that nobody in the booth is wearing glasses. I, I was wondering about that. Like, why don't they all have special glasses on? We may never know. We may never know. I, I w- did some research. Those things on glasses are actually called side shields. It's not a very exciting name. And generally, they're used for uh, protecting uh, eyewear. It's it's kind of like something that you'd put on in a science experiment, much like this, to prevent unwanted flying debris getting to splash, the eyes. Yeah, splash or side light for the old people, probably exactly. with sensitive eyes. I don't know. If I, if I told people that I was going to be 30 minutes late because I had to buy some side shields, I think that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> It does sound cool. It makes me wonder what you're protecting with those side shields. Mm-hmm. Side shield. What is that for? What, what could that be? Um, so, okay. So the counting. So Howard keeps his counting going. We hit 70% and the screaming starts. Yeah. Thoughts on this? What, what, the, the what screaming the always is, starts at 70%. Is that, the, <laughs> is that a scientific thing or is that a movie thing? Like a, a movie trope. 70% screaming always has to start. <laughs> It's too intense. No, we've got to go further. We've got to go to 80. Ah! Yeah. And, and then he yells. It's like, oh, let's shut it off. Shut it off. But like in the script, didn't it like the Vita rays were important. So the, like out of control growth wouldn't happen. I guess that's not in the movie. So it's not that well, important. Yeah, and they changed it in the movie because that's how it was in the script. But then yeah. in the movie, Erskine actually says the serum infusion will cause immediate immediate cellular change, and then to stimulate growth, the subject will be saturated with vita rays. Right. So it actually makes it sound Which like makes more sense. Yeah. Yes. Right. It sounds like he needs the vita rays to kind of grow, but it does make me wonder, like, what happens if they stop? Is he just not quite as big? Um, or mm-hmm. is like, th- you know, his arm and two legs are big, but yeah, his other like, arm is like, chronic. <laughs> he's only, yeah, it, yeah. It's just, just the torso is, is muscular. And then he's got the small little limbs. <laughs> there have been, um, far too many people who have played around with imagery of Steve post, uh, post this procedure where, yeah, they're like super tiny head, but giant body. And it's just, it's very funny what, what people do, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it is one of those things. Like what happens if they do stop at this point? Yeah. Just because he's screaming. I I think it's fair to say that it were, we're fully in the, the movie trope land that that it's not entirely scientifically accurate, (laughs) but that's okay. You You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To where it's like, really, you, you just need to like have the numbers go up higher and then people are screaming, no, we've got to stop. No, don't stop. Like when he's, and then they're going to stop it. And he says, I could do this. And I almost feel like he, he, in his mind, he was going to say, I could do this all day. And then he was thinking to himself, it's like, no, I cannot do this all day. (laughs) And I will not admit it that it's like, no, I can do this. (laughs) 
for about please, 10 more seconds. Finish up. Please just finish up. Well, and I do think it's silly that Peggy's like, and you know, of course it's, it's supposed to read that, that she's just, you know, she's so concerned about Steve and she just loves Steve and she loves him no matter uh, uh, how hot he is. And, and, but it doesn't make sense for her to be like, turn it off. Like he got to 40%. Turn it off. No, we, we can't. We can't. That would, that would still be an improvement, though. He's, he, he's at 70%. That would still be an improvement. Right, but, like, I mean, then even, like, uh, Tucci is like, oh, open the door. We've got to get to right. And it's like, did you not think that at some point he'd be like, ow? Well, it, 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 so, okay, so there's two things there that I want to address. First, let's talk about uh, Tucci, because Erskine saw what happened with, uh, you know, granted it wasn't Vita Rays, but he saw what happened with the super soldier serum, and he saw, at least in his flashback version of things, he saw Schmidt kind of like his face started shaking and it went crazy, and presumably uh, had some sort of a transformation into the Red Skull. We're not exactly sure exactly yeah. how that whole thing plays out, but something happened that yeah. changed him. That was the only time, as far as we know, that he's ever done the procedure before. And he said the serum wasn't ready. It's like, well, how does he know the serum is ready? Does he think something might be actually going wrong and maybe the serum wasn't ready? And he's kind of entering a panic mode at this point. Like, yeah, I, I think there's a bunch of like super soldier animals somewhere. Yeah, I was just or, or red skull animals. <laughs> there's like be... really hot squirrels in khakis running around. Right. <laughs> but also a bunch of red skull squirrel girl. squirrels. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. did either of you see the ninety the nineteen ninety Captain America? Because there is actually a red skull rat that gets transformed oh in that. It's uh yeah, a precursor to the red skull himself. It is pretty funny and it does make you question like where are these animals that they're hiding? Yeah, I, I think he was just worried about the red skull being repeated again and then he'd be known as the skull guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but still it's like you have to so finish it. So have a complete Red Skull part two. Like, don't have a partial. <laughs> well, okay. So here's here's another thing. If Steve did end up looking like Red Skull, like if he came out and was red, um, would but but he was a good guy because he had the good inside. Um, would that be okay? Would that be okay? Well, you know, the Super Soldier Serum. <laughs> Makes him kind of ugly. We we know uh -huh. that now, but he still is a great soldier, and he's on our side. Does that is that still a win, or does he have to look hot in order to be a good guy? I think you can put a <laughs> you put a mask on him. You put no. a, you put him. You sorry, Steve. You've always got to wear the mask. That's right. We're just gonna glue it on. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be like, yeah. I, I know Deadpool's not out yet, but you got to dress up like Deadpool. <laughs> I will get, well, Deadpool is a great reference there, Nathan. Like, yeah, I was thinking, like, you know, they're like, we need to find a little, a little guy, a little skinny guy who's got like the perfect personality and the heart of gold, uh, but also like there has to be a hotness potential. Like, we don't, <laughs> you know, we're not scouting for the Avengers with any normies out here. Like, we we need good, strong, hot. There was there was some collagen. There was some biotin, you know, in the in the serum to just make sure he was wrinkle free. And, Retinol and keeps the skin looking nice yeah, and exactly yeah, right. 
okay. So my other question about this moment is is uh, and you brought it up, uh, Chrissy. Peggy comes out like stop the stop the experiment. You know she wants them to stop this procedure that is happening um, and wants them to shut it down. What do we think that it's the like, is there are they saying something that it's the woman that comes out to do this? Is that reading into it that there's this trope of like the 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 caregiver sort of thing that she's the one who has to be the one to come out and say all of this? I mean, obviously, Erskine is doing it, too, but not until she kind of starts screaming, shut it down. It's it's a chance for her to show that she cares, you know, because she's been a little. You know, the, it, it hasn't been all smooth sailing. They've been kind of like a little um, back and forthy, but um, this is now a, an opportunity to to us to really watch her watch the whole thing, and for her to kind of like, oh, something is definitely going to hurt him. I can't let that happen. For her to express how she actually cares, right? For her to be worthy of Steve, we have to yeah, know she, that yeah, she loves we, him. Yeah, we have no we have to know that. She, that pre hotness that she still cares about she's what happens board. to him. Yeah, yeah she that she's on board, and that's a tough line to walk. Like you have to, you know, um, to show that she is into him, that she cares about him on a deeper level before she gets distracted by his pecs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And she will. Yeah. So that that was my thought about it was that we had to see that uh, Chuji like truly cared about the man within not just the experiment. And we had to see that Peggy had, uh, loved loves him no matter, um, she sees what's inside, no matter what. Um, and it, like, I, I thought that was interesting too in the, are we allowed to talk about like other stuff? Like in the, in the what ifs where she becomes, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Captain, she ends Carter, up taking the Asian, serum. Captain Carter. Yeah. Captain Carter, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then and she still loves Steve, even when she's the big, beefy, hot weirdo, and he's just, he's still like <laughs> the little guy. That's what I thought was the message you were trying to send. It's like, she's the one who's always been worthy of him because she loved him for the little guy inside. Okay, so this is going to be an important uh, thing to talk about then and and if pete were here he would be bringing this up because pete was wondering like at the start of the film is peggy interested in him as purely a subject of this science experiment that they're going to be doing on somebody or is she finding herself falling for the guy and he you know i I think we finally convinced him kind of in the car ride that there is this draw between these two and she is kind of falling for him. But the question that still remains, if he comes out of this and say he's a super soldier, but he still is puny Steve in body form, um, would she still kind of feel the same about him? Or is it purely because now he's beautiful that she uh, wants to hook up? Where do you two stand on kind of the Peggy Steve dynamic with all of that? Chrissy? I, I think that, <laughs> I think that she, she loves him um, and loves him. No matter what the, no matter what percentage of hotness. When do you feel it started? Before our minutes. Before our minutes, <laughs> for sure. Um, Was it the car ride? Was it like uh, the, you know, the flagpole, the grenade? Uh, you know, these are key things that she's seen, but is that something that she's like fell for him 
Well, I feel like the uh, the grenade is a pivotal point yeah, where I everyone agree. starts thinking of him as who he is inside. You know, the perfect I, subject for their experiment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Science. Yeah, they, they have to start thinking about him as a person. It's like, oh, he has something that no one else has. He has something inside him that is different than everyone else. And I think that's the pivot point where everyone starts to see that that's a thing. That that's now on their radar. And they they talk about it through, throughout the Captain America experience. They talk about how, like, the specialness of Steve is... Uh, you know what, what does he say? It's like you're you're never the one to make the sacrifice play and and be the guy. You know he says that to Tony, like right? Do you guys remember the part I'm talking about? Yeah, in Avengers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and like the reply is like everything special about you came out of a bottle. Well, it's like well, no, the the truly worthy part of him is this grenade moment. This this self sacrificing. Bit. So, like, I think that's the moment where we all go, oh, no, it's, you know, it's him, and he's what's special. Although, and we had a, a previous guest talk about this, he's what's special, but they still have to make him super buff and super strong. Yeah. He still, he can't yeah. just do it. Uh, well, yeah, with, let's be honest, he'd be like, working, they'd put him in the office. <laughs> like, oh, there's Steve. He's great. Yeah, let's go lunch with him. <laughs> we we nice let work, him be on Jimmy. the softball team. He's on the softball team. Yeah, he's he's a permanent second base. He, Hell, he, he can he, he's he assistant well. coach on the softball team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, it's I mean it's an interesting dynamic between the two. I, I enjoy their dynamic. It's it is interesting to kind of look at the relationship between the two. Do you both feel that there's chemistry between the actors, like as they're performing it? Do you feel like you're you're seeing it between Haley Atwell and Chris Evans? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I have to admit I've got a bit of a movie crush on, on Haley Atwell, so she can pretty much do anything she wants and I'll I'll be on board with it. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, but I was like, you know, if Chris Evans, you know, is trying to convince me that somebody is is worthy of his, uh, he can get away with smile. murder. Yeah, <laughs> if he loves them, I will love them too. You know, right, right, right. Uh, okay, so we're in this point. We're mid experiment, screaming. So little Steve is screaming in here. Uh, I so I timed it from the time that that Stark starts turning that wheel and pumping these Vita rays in to the point where in this particular minute we have it hit a hundred percent and uh, the machine uh, kind of like I don't know. It's it's the movie trope of of the machines are too taxed and everything starts sparking and shuts down. It's about a minute. We have a almost exactly one minute of time for uh, for Steve to be pumped with these. I mean, he already has the super soldier serum, but now he's like being fully dosed with these Vita rays. Uh, and, and his body's going through this insane transformation. I, the only comparison I can think of in my head um, based on the screams that he's doing is in American Werewolf in London. And mm-hmm. that was probably the only thing I can think of where somebody goes through a transformation and it's depicted as this intensely painful thing, um, but it works in context of the way they're doing it. Uh, do either of you like have any comparisons for something like that? Or like, what do you, th- how are you envisioning what's happening in here? 
Yeah, I, I definitely see something similar to where his body is literally just stretching and bones are breaking and then regrowing within him. It's got, yeah, it's, it's probably best that we just kind of didn't see that. The equivalent of sit-ups are happening in there. Like, whatever. <laughs> ah, sit-ups! <laughs> whatever. My abs! <laughs> oh, my abs! Oh, there's a four-pack now! Oh, God, the other two are coming! It's abs and leg day all at once! <laughs> my pectorals! Yeah. He's bench-pressing and he's doing his crunches all at the same time. It is. Yeah, that would be like a, the uh, a interesting device it just speeds up time and you're just forced to do a lot of exercising so you come out super buff but you're also like 10 years older yeah right <laughs> 10 years worth of exercise yeah. all in a minute uh, all in one minute i need a nap what I noticed too, especially in this minute, is that you see how much of the of the equipment is Stark branded. Like it all says, like yeah. Stark Industries. And uh-huh. He was like, "No, no, put more stickers on that say Stark." Just like Stark, to I mean, it, it, you can see where Tony gets all of it. I, I will say, I really kind of like this Stark design. You know, because Stark Industries, uh, the logo later looks much different, but this one is, I don't know, there's kind of that cool, like the three lines that are part of the design that I just think are really cool. And I, I, I need a shirt with that now because it just looks so cool. <laughs> um, again, just showing how amazing stanley tucci is he runs to the to the vita chamber climbs up the little steps and looks inside without glasses that's how amazing the tucci is he can stare into the sun and into a total eclipse and not have any eye damage yeah this guy is too much you've got to see what level of hotness we achieved in there (laughs) (laughs) no take these glasses they're in the way Is this secretly his goal? Is it like actually a hotness machine? He just hasn't told anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the the scrawniest looking guy I can make hot? Let's see what we can do. This is science. (laughs) His his side hustle is is America's Next Top Model. I feel like the deleted scenes would reveal something. I want, yeah, I want to see the uh, the the spinoff Marvel one shots following <laughs> following him, or or I guess it would have to be a what if when he doesn't die, but he's like well, the things I can achieve with this now, yeah, like all these great models they can design. It's got to be a what if of people who have made just like terrible life choices that have led to incredibly wonderful results, you know, <laughs> just going into detail on like uh, you know like the the doctor who just needs who's just trying to create hot men. <laughs> their like, sole oh, goal. We didn't really want to know more about this guy. <laughs> that's that's a whole series of such strange episodes. Like I could see just a, uh-huh. just a random spattering of things. Like, huh? Okay, I never thought that was a thing. <laughs> It's like that guy in um, one of, I can't remember which one of the uh, Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guidebooks, where it's like the guy who doesn't realize he's actually like the god of bad weather or something. And he's just always like, he just like has settled for like, he has a life where it's always raining and stuff. And he tries taking a trip to the tropics. And that happens to be when a hurricane is there and stuff, because bad weather always gravitates (laughs) to him. Such a silly little thing, but I loved it. Um, all right, so we're at 100%. The whole machine kind of shuts down. And as I said, 
movie trope, the machine sparks uh, because it's overtaxed and the light inside dims. Is it what is dimming? What what is the light inside here? Is that the Vita rays? Is it that like those tanning bed lights that are on in here? Is Steve mm-hmm. himself glowing? Do, do either of you have any idea what we're like? Why it glows so much inside this chamber? It's got to be he's that he's super saturated by the the Vita rays. I feel. So do you think if they opened it, he would be glowing? Um, he'd be sweating for sure. <laughs> well, he certainly will be. We'll find out. It doesn't seem. He seems a little more tan, but not a ton more tan, you know? <laughs> it's only a minute under the tanning bed lights. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like the broiler. Like, they really kind of amped it up. Yeah. I, I think they had to make a choice. Wouldn't it be terrible if it was super tan, like like bodybuilder tan? Like, it comes know? out like George Hamilton, and they're like, oh. Uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. we Yeah, we should have... Should have not gone in with full khaki pants because it's now going to be the most intense, like farmer tan. <laughs> well, what would that then? It would have been like, like the option would have been like that the little speedo that a that a muscle uh, or one of those bodybuilders would wear. That mm-hmm. that would that would also be wrong. I don't think that's the direction we want to go. Eh? Or I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, Chrissy. I yeah. mean, I'd be interested to see it. To see it, you know, I'd like to see some. <laughs> some mock-ups and see how that see works. some options <laughs> yeah. yeah i think just they just they had a blue light team and they had like taken all their jobs away they were like oh we're not doing the blue light out of the eyes and the blue light team is like oh well you still want it to come out of the coffin right and they're like yeah yeah, yeah. no we still want that uh and so they had to have the blue light somewhere they, they gotta they gotta create it somewhere yeah um the only other thing I had, there's this great little moment where uh, Stanley Tucci comes running down the steps. And he, this is when he's wanting um, Howard to kind of shut everything off. And I love the little move here because he comes running down the steps and and he kind of um, as, as he this is when he first hears Steve call out and he kind of dips down. But then it's like the camera comes down and and we want to have the framing again. It's all about framing where you get the observation booth behind a person. And the camera comes down below him, but also it's like Tucci steps up on something and there's nothing there for him to be stepping up on. So it's one of those weird things where I'm like, I think that they just like threw a couple Apple boxes on the ground. An Apple box is like, I mean, literally it's a box in filmmaking where, you know, they, they use them all for all sorts of things for actors to stand on. Um, that's notoriously what Tom Cruise is always standing on to be as tall as his <laughs> co-stars. Um, but, or, or to put gear on, it's, it's one of these things that, and they come in different sizes, but it's, it's one of these things like right around 20 seconds, 22 seconds, Stanley Tucci comes down and then he pops back up in time for the turn. And it's such a, like, I don't think I ever really noticed it cause it goes so quickly. But as I was looking at this time, I'm like, what is he standing on there? Strange little thing, but it does create, and again, it's the magic of movies. It creates a fantastic uh, shot because you have Tucci with that whole observation um, booth behind him. Got to amp it up. It's true. And Joe, Joe Johnston, you know, this, I mean, he's, he very much is, uh, you know, from kind of a, a core team of filmmakers, uh, the George Lucas, Steven Spielberg family of, in the 70s and stuff. Um, so obviously he knows how to kind of construct something. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, where do you two stand with Joe Johnston as a filmmaker? I, I, I'm very pro Joe Johnston. Um, uh, if, have you mentioned light magic yet in, in previous episodes? I, you know, I don't know if we did on this show, we talked about it in the other show cause we just, uh, on the next reel, cause we just did the star Wars uh, mm. trilogy. Yeah. So if you original, have a chance, yeah. 
yeah, if you have a so if you have a chance to check that out on Disney Plus, it's a fantastic um, documentary series uh, directed by Lawrence Kasdan uh, on um, industrial light and magic, and and Joe Johnston is in it a lot. He's very pivotal to the beginning of of Star Wars, starting off as kind of a concept artist, and eventually kind of getting um, uh, lined up to uh, begin his directing career. Um, yeah, I, I'm pro Joe Johnston, but I mean, he's not, he hasn't, it's not about a hundred percent like, uh, uh, batting average, but, um, yeah, I was, I was, cause he, he did the, uh, the Rocketeer, didn't he? He did the Rocketeer. He yeah. Did, and, uh, and basically yeah. once he did that, then, then I was on team Joe Johnston. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so I was excited that he, when he, uh, he got Captain America because of that. Yeah, I think he has a real sense of, like, energy and fun. There's, I, I don't know exactly, like, what the words I would say are, but there's there's this, like, sense of playfulness, like, infused in all of the uh, action that makes you feel like, oh, we're not, we're not here seeing a uh, movie that's taking itself too seriously. Like we're we're getting all these like really great action moments and all these really good shots and it's exciting, but it's always there's a little like wink. He is a filmmaker who does have um I, I don't know, I guess I, I, I enjoy that there's there feels to be a sense of joy in just the process. Yeah. We're we're celebrating. He's not one of those like visual filmmakers who creates like a, a like an amazing color palette or composition. It's more of a kinetic energy of like camera movement and blocking, you know, it's a very kind of classic born in the era of like Spielberg and, and George Lucas. And, and, and it's got a lot of like energy and, and, um, and fun to it. It was interesting in that in the light and magic documentary to to learn that he was kind of burned out on doing all the effects and everything and was going to kind of quit. And Lucas was like, well, why don't you go to film school instead? I'll pay for you to go to USC and you can learn how to become a director. And so Lucas paid for him to do that. And that's, you know, he that started his directing career. And that's how he got Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and went from there. I was like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> wow. What a gift for for Lucas to give to that guy. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. What a gift. Um, yeah. You know, you already mentioned it, but I, I did crack up quite a bit when Steve says, I can do this. And I'm just like, you just say all day. Just say all day. <laughs> but, I, but please hurry. <laughs> I can do this for up to 12 more seconds. I really do have to pee. <laughs> I wasn't joking. All right. Well, any other uh, points from either of you about this particular minute? Or should we uh, uh, come back tomorrow so we can talk about hotness? Hotness, 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 hotness. <laughs> All right. Remind everybody again about your podcast and where they can tune in. Uh, yes, please, please tune in to the most excellent 80s movies podcast, uh, wherever the finest podcasts are stored. Um, we, we've we done a lot of your favorite movies, The Goonies, The Terminator, Weird Science, all of that, um, as well as like, hey, you got to check out, like people need to listen to the Vibes episode. Am I right, Andy? Like you were our oh, guest yes. on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, yeah, Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum. Come on, a weird little gem of a movie. Like people got to discover that again. Have you guys done um, Voyage of the Rock Aliens? 
No, I and I, and oh, I no. yeah, I just I just I, discovered it on the How did this get made podcast? Yeah, I just I just watched it and totally fell in love with it. <laughs> if you guys ever cover that, let me know. I'll be happy to chat with you about okay. it. It's a great little movie. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, tune into their podcast. It is a lot of fun. And if you're a fan of 80s, 80s movies, you're going to feel right at home in those conversations. So we will be back tomorrow to discuss Minute 38 and uh, and pecs and all sorts of wonderful things. So uh, until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. <laughs>